Your On The Mark podcast is loading now. The On The Mark podcast is sponsored by the Sunbury Motor Company, family-owned dealership since 1915, 4th Street in Sunbury, and Sunbury Motors Kia on Routes 11 and 15 Hummel's Wharf. News Radio 1070 WKOK presents On the Mark. It's a chance to voice your opinion on the events that affect life in the Susquehanna Valley. Now, here's your host for On the Mark, Joe McGranahan. Hey, thank you. Welcome back on board On the Mark. We're delighted to have you with us today. Guess what today is? It was supposed to be last Monday, but that was New Year's Day. So this Monday is Money Monday. And Bob Garrett from the Greater Susquehanna Valley Chamber of Commerce will be with us, along with Jeff Reber, Union County Commissioner, and Amy Buner, who is the Chairman of the Board of the Greater Susquehanna Valley Chamber of Commerce. But first, we got to tell you that our program was brought to you by the Sunbury Motor Company. Check them out at sunburymotors.com. When we open up the phone lines, our hotline number will be 5 770-743-9565. You can email us at onthemark at wkok.com or text us at 70236, but be sure to put OTM at the start of your message. On the Mark is brought to you by the Sunbury Motor Company, a family-owned dealership since 1915, 4th Street in Sunbury, and the Kia dealership on Routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. Check them out online at sunburymotors.com. The Sunbury Motor Company sells Ford, Hyundai, and Kia vehicles, and they are a premier service provider for all makes of cars and trucks, including all sizes of trucks. They have a large truck shop, a parts department, a body shop, an alignment shop, and a repair garage for all types of vehicles. They're a master towing service with decades of experience. They invite you to visit the Quick Lane on North 4th Street in Sunbury. There they specialize in all types of service on vehicles, state inspection, nitrogen for tires, and they're open Monday through Friday, 6.30 a.m. to 6 p.m., and on Saturday from 6.30 a.m. till 2 p.m. Sunbury Motor Company selling more cars, satisfying more customers since 1915. Okay, Bob Garrett, good morning, sir. Jeff Reber, good morning, sir. Amy Buner, good morning, ma'am. It's great to have you all here today to talk about the economic health and vitality of the central Susquehanna Valley. It's good to be here, Joe. Uh, I guess uh, if we would characterize last uh, Monday, which of course was New Year's Day, that was pork and sauerkraut Monday. Oh, I this had is, mine. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> so you'll have a, a lucky year of right. 2024. Well, the uh, we want to spend a little bit of time today, Joe, uh, recapping uh, 2023, the, the final economic, big economic numbers that we heard coming out of 2023. Uh, talk a little bit about what might be ahead of us uh, for 2024, specifically local here in the greater Susquehanna, Susquehanna Valley. Uh, but then uh, we want to take a little shift because this is, uh, what, day three, I guess, of the Pennsylvania Farm Show. Talk about agriculture, uh, both statewide and uh, and here in the greater Susquehanna Valley and some of the efforts that are, we are working on as a Chamber of Commerce. A lot of folks don't know that the, the Chamber actually has an arm that focuses on agriculture and our rural lifestyles that we have here. And then I'd like to wrap up with uh, just a quick check-in on how's our strategic plan doing. Um, you didn't mention it in the introduction, but Amy Buner is our chair of our board of directors. I thought I said and, that. Uh, oh, maybe you did. Maybe you did. Uh, uh, is, well, the up, is the volume up on your headset, Bob? <laughs> yeah, yeah, okay. Well, uh, or, am I, or am I actually listening? Amy, uh, did I say you were the chairman of the board? 
Amy? You definitely noted. Yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah. oh, okay. Well, there. I'm, not, I'm not losing it then. I'm not the one who's gee, losing gee it. Gee whiz, Jeff, maybe you'll be on my side. Uh, they're starting to gang up on me here. And Jeff is our vice chair, oh, okay. uh, as well as Union County Commissioner. So, and, and Amy, as well as a realtor with Bowen Agency. Uh, by the way, Amy's calling in because she's on her way uh, down to uh, Harrisburg, going to be spending the day down there uh, working on economic issues, particularly those that pertain to uh, the real estate. Uh, industry, uh, so maybe she'll take a moment and talk us talk about that. But let's let's recap the numbers that we had last Friday. Okay, go uh, ahead, Joe. And what we heard was that uh, uh, this now this would have been the December jobs report uh, that is always reported the first Monday of the next uh, month. And what we learned was 216,000 <laughs> jobs were created. That's a little bit of a slowdown from where we've been uh, most of the months of 2023, but still above that. that important 200,000 jobs created threshold. We always talk about 200,000 as sort of the, the benchmark. That's the churn uh, that uh, we have in the job market month over month over month. Now, are these what, actual jobs created or are these jobs coming back since the pandemic? Yeah, I, I think uh, I think we can say, I, I wish I had a, I could quote a specific uh, uh, ec- economist here, but I think by and large, most of the jobs lost during the pandemic that are are going to come back or have come back. These are jobs that are being. These are. These, this is. This is expansion. This is. Uh, these are jobs being added. Remember, it was December, Joe. So these are some of those were seasonal jobs related to uh, year-end shopping uh, and all of the other year-end activities. Uh, just like we see uh, now in the next couple of months, we'll see some slowdown in some of those jobs, but particularly in the agriculture area. Uh, although those, these, the numbers I'm reporting are not agriculture jobs, but we'll see a little bit of a slowdown uh, in the retail area, um, particularly because of the slowdown in, in shopping. Okay, 216,000 jobs were created. Uh, unemployment rate, uh, national unemployment rate holding at 3.7%, uh, capping off the year. with a, that, that was a solid job growth. You know, it wasn't that many years ago, Joe, that we talked about 5% was full employment. We've been under 5% now for uh, 23 three straight months uh, nationally, and of course, it only went above 5% uh, when it was the, um, during the pandemic, really. And then uh, uh, over the full year of 2023, nationally, uh, we had 2.7 million jobs created. So that's, that's, that's a good year. However, we are, most economists are, uh, are suggesting that the economy is starting to soften uh, pretty much, and we may see a slowdown in 2024. Now, of course, those are the same economists that were 100% convinced we were going to have a recession in 2023. So uh, that's why they have two hands, on this hand or on that hand. Let me just talk a little about locally. And I then I'll tell you what Harry Truman said about that. <laughs> yeah, right. Or, uh, uh, or, uh, yeah. There's, uh, there's but let me ask you this question. Yeah, please uh, do. With respect to the unemployment numbers, 3.7% is pr- practically full employment. But we still hear that number that there are 8 million jobs going begging here in this country. So how does that pro- how does that translate to our local area? I mean, are we in balance or are we out of balance? Well, uh, I, let me talk about our local area uh, okay. because, uh, you know, what's interesting about the greater Susquehanna Valley, the, the four counties that we count as the footprint of the greater Susquehanna Valley being Union, Snyder, Northumberland, Montour counties. Montour, you know, has been among the lowest oftentimes is the lowest unemployment uh, county in the uh, in the state. This, this uh, 
this month or in December, it was at 2.9%, which put it uh, exactly a tie uh, at third place uh, with uh, with Chester County. Uh, lower than it are uh, were uh, Franklin. Uh, no, excuse me, Adams County. I've got to I've got to study my geography here a little bit. Adams County lowest uh, in the uh, in the state at 2.7%. Uh, Lancaster at 2.8, as well as Center at 2.8. Then right behind it uh, is Union County at 3.3%, uh, Snyder County at 3.7%, and then our, the one county where we seem to have, a there could be some uh, some pockets of available labor is in Northumberland County at 4.4%. All of those well below uh, the 5% number, and we do, uh, we, we say that uh, nationally there's about 1.7 jobs for every person looking for work here in the greater Susquehanna Valley. That number is much, much higher than that. It's probably four or five jobs for every person here. Uh, and we used to, uh, with the chamber, as, as you know, we, we were the lead uh, getting into the whole idea that we needed to make sure we were matching up the available jobs with the skills that were being taught. I think we've done a pretty darn good job with that. Our schools get it, particularly our vocational schools, but also our secondary schools get it. We, you know, we have two uh, campuses of a community college here. We have several professional schools. We have our, uh, you know, our, our workhorses in the Valley of Professional Education, Bucknell and Susquehanna University. So I guess what, what I want to get into is see if I can get some discussion going, uh, Joe, and see if we can get an answer to your question as well. The, uh, so uh, the headline uh, for 2023, if, uh, if you're going to write it, is low unemployment continues too few in the workforce. I, I guess I'd like to start with Jeff. Jeff has not been on with us uh, uh, with Amy and me before, so uh, we're looking forward to his his um, uh, reaction. Uh, Joe, uh, Jeff, what's uh, your reaction uh, to that headline, low unemployment continues too few in the workforce? Well, I think it's about as accurate of a headline as you're going to get, actually. And, and I don't know what the ratio is for available jobs to uh, avail- to people who want jobs in the area, but uh, certainly it's more than the national average of 1.7. Even at the county, I can tell you from the government side, you know, we have trouble attracting as many applicants as we used to, and uh, my friends in industry are struggling, quite frankly, to to fill the jobs that that are available. And so if you look at Union County, we might be at 3.3%, and Snyder County's great. Now, Clinton County's, what, 4.4%, like Homing County is... 3.8, 3.8, you know, and the northern part of uh, Union County, as I'm sure you're aware, you know, Great Stream Commons is being developed finally after 25 years, and there's going to be, you know, hundreds of jo- needs for hundreds of jobs up there, so where are they going to draw from? You know, is it going to be from Union County? Is it going to be from the surrounding area? Most likely it'll be from the surrounding area, but yeah, there's absolutely jobs out there for anybody who wants them, you know, and then if uh, you take that a little step further, okay, so how do you set yourself apart if you have, you know, comparable jobs uh, between two places? Well, you're going to probably compete on wages, aren't you, right? So, you know, there's been some wage inflation that has impacted uh, profitability at uh, various uh, businesses as well, and I think that's an important thing to look forward to also. Jeff, what's the long-term implication of having more jobs than you have people to fill them? I mean, eventually doesn't something, don't the come home to roost and it creates some sort of a problem or is there an ongoing effort on the chamber's part or local government's part to bring in people to fill these jobs? Well, I'm not so sure it's a local government issue, but from the chamber side of things, you know, certainly, well, we'll go back to the technology summit we just had, right? Talked That was a lot about AI, right? Artificial intelligence. And I think when you can't fill your jobs, you have to look for alternatives if you want to stay in business. And so I think it's got to push the technology envelope forward faster than what it may have previously. 
Good answer. I, I would say so, and it's uh, actually a nice sequitur to uh, Amy uh, talk a little bit about uh, about that headline, Amy, and and uh, you know you you have a you have a keen eye both on our local real estate uh, market as well as the statewide real estate market, and probably even keep your ear to the ground on the national uh, real estate. Any anything going on, Amy, that you can see uh, coming up uh, that might uh, we might see some more people uh, coming in to uh, move into these positions? Any uh, houses opening up? Uh, how's the real estate market uh, locally, uh, Amy? I think that we can um, look for more development. Um, there has been attention paid to the lack of inventory that we've been suffering for more than three years because that was pre-pandemic um, when it began and we had interest rates fluctuating um, I think they've low you know they've gone a little bit lower than what their peak was uh, quarter four of last year um, and stabilized at least for the foreseeable future um, I've talked to quite a few people about development, um, high-density housing, medium-density housing. So it'll always correlate where do we get the people, but where do we put the people when they come? Um, the inventory is still short. I think there was a slowdown, which almost feels like a, what used to be the traditional slowdown of the holiday season, the last months to six weeks of the year um, but you know in the last week of last year I know I personally started seeing an uptick in some activity and I suspect that with some creation of inventory hopefully through development and working with the local governments as far as um, permitting and zoning I know there's a few municipalities that are really starting to focus on that and bringing more people into the area that will be able to fill some of those jobs and create more when it comes to, you know, creation and development of areas. Um, I am, as I tie back to the agriculture piece just a little bit or bring maybe that another segue, I, I, I would like to state for the record, don't want to see everything change that would shift us from what is our traditionally rural area. However, uh, we need houses. We need housing. We need, you know, affordable to the demographic. Uh, so I think we're in a good spot in moving forward as far as the real estate market is concerned. Let me ask you this, all of you, this question, and anybody can jump in who wants to answer it. Have local people who have jobs available changed the way they market their efforts to try and bring in people to fill those jobs? Has anything changed? Are we still doing the traditional stuff? Anybody innovating? Well, I think the number one way you get new people now is to ask your current employees to bring in their friends and, and, and make some references, quite frankly. Okay. You know, we, we've at, you know, uh, we at the county, and I know at uh, my, my business friends, you know, they've spent much more time using social media and those sorts of outlets as opposed to just the standard newspaper ad as, you know, days gone by as we always did. But 
really, I mean, you got to be thinking, too, every time you're interacting with somebody, you know what, boy, you'd be a great addition, a great team member here at our company or whatever. you got to th- think that way, too. It's not just, you know, posting a posting on the job boards anymore. So we're stealing from one another, in effect. Headhunting. <laughs> <And laughs> yeah, some, yeah, somewhat. The, uh, it really, that word of mouth, I think, has <clears throat> really become the most potent by what I hear from employers. Uh, but we're doing, uh, we're, we're getting much more sophisticated about the way we do this. Uh, for example, our business and ed committee spent six months uh, last year coming up with a uh, a better way for us to host uh, job fairs. Uh, you know, job fairs have been uh, been very popular in the last five, maybe ten years. Right. And uh, and the problem was you're getting thirty or forty businesses to the job fairs, and ten or fifteen people would actually come to the fair itself. You're like, wait a second, what's wrong with that picture? Uh, uh, so that we're working on that. The other thing is is we, we don't do a whole lot of business recruitment. Uh, that's not uh, that's not a main thing we do. We like businesses. Not, there's no uh, we're not opposed to it, uh, but it's just not what we do at the Greater Susquehanna Valley Chamber of Commerce. But when we do that, or when we're working with companies that are expanding, we do it with wise eyes wide open. Is there may not be the people to fill these jobs. Now let's figure this out. How do you get to if you do an expansion, if you do a recruitment, how do you bring people in to get those jobs done? We have to take a break, but I'm going to ask you this question. You can think about it while we're running the break. And I'm curious, has there been any change in the local minimum wage? In other words, what people are actually paying locally for jobs based on this need for more and more people. Has it impacted it at all? Think about that. We'll take a quick break and we'll be back with On the Mark. It's Money Monday with the Greater Susquehanna Valley Chamber of Commerce. There's something to be said about a sale with a handshake, a service technician who really knows what he's doing and can explain it in English what the problem is. There's nothing better than having that friend you could trust in the area. That's Sunbury Motors, where you get selection, knowledgeable salespeople, and prices that fit your budget, and more important, that friend you can trust. Welcome to Sunbury Motors, Kia, Ford, and Hyundai. You could shop other dealers and compare prices, but at Sunbury Motors, you get their lowest price promise. They research the current used vehicle market and guarantee their used car prices are the lowest. If you find a lower price, Sunbury Motors will beat it. Three dealers, all in one. See their full, new, and pre-owned inventory at sunburymotors.com. Pick out a vehicle you like and schedule your test drive online. Follow them on Facebook. Sunbury Motors Ford and Hyundai, North 4th Street, Sunbury, and Sunbury Motors Kia, routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. One thing about me is I'm a saver, but I also love adventure. That's why I'm all about Giant's brand. Their brand makes saving money routine, but boring? Never. My favorite morning coffee costs less. Spicy, snacky things for movie night? Yep, their brand costs less. All the basics, plus fresh finds, new flavors, it all costs less. Save more with a brand you'll only find at Giant. Make our brand your brand. And save Giant for today's table. Save on our brand lean ground beef. $2.99 per pound with coupon. From the very beginning, we're all about being connected. And year after year, through every stage of life, that need grows even stronger. Which is why Pentelidata never stops improving our advanced fiber network. We connect the things that matter most. Businesses, schools, healthcare, governments, and of course, the people who make our community strong. This is technology with a purpose. Stay connected with Pentelidata. How did you sleep last night? If your answer is anything other than wonderful, listen closely. Hi, this is Dave Moyer for the Benjamin T. Moyer Furniture Store in Sunbury. 
we believe that everyone should have a great night's sleep. That's why for 89 years, we've exclusively sold Schiffman mattresses. When you choose a Schiffman mattress, you can be rest assured that you're sleeping on the highest quality handmade mattress that is not only comfortable, but gives you the correct support to feel refreshed and revitalized each day. Schiffman handcrafts the finest quality mattresses in the world using all natural cotton and makes each mattress with two sides for longer lasting comfort. Right now, for a limited time, save 35 to 55% off factory suggested retail, plus special pricing on all quilted models with queen mattress sets starting at $9.99. Even greater discounts available on select clearance models while supplies last. Please visit the Benjamin T. Moyer Furniture Store, 35 South 4th Street in Sunbury. Sale ends Saturday, January 20th. Welcome back to On the Mark. Okay, gentlemen, it's and ladies. It's great to have you on the program. Bob Garrett, Jeff Reber, and Amy Buner, all from the Greater Susquehanna Valley Chamber of Commerce. These are the big shots there, folks, the leaders, the president, the chairman, and the vice chairman of the board. So now, has there been an impact in what the wages are locally based on right. this need for more people? Yeah, I'm going to take that one, Joe. Um, the um, I, I, uh, First off, let's define the, the, the question and make sure that everybody understands the question I'm responding to. Okay. This is Joe is not asking me about a government regulation. No. He's asking me about what has the market done? What are the market forces in the greater Susquehanna Valley? And I, I actually like to, uh, this makes it really simple to do the math, mm-hmm. is uh, if you remember a few years ago, uh, Wise Markets was uh, uh, their warehouse up in Milton, and they were advertising eighteen fifty per hour starting wages. The uh, When you drive by sheets uh, on the strip, you you'll see that they have the wages posted. Those are the minimum wages. What I, what, when I'm working with, um, with new employers, folks that are writing their business plans, et cetera, what I like to suggest to them is the, the, the federal minimum wage, which happens to be Pennsylvania's minimum wage as well, is just a, that's a, that's a, that's a benchmark. That's a point to start from. In the greater Susquehanna Valley, if that's, what you're, if that's the wage that you're going to pay, you should build into your business plan that you're going to have to hire a new employee every two weeks because the person is going to get some skills and they're going to go to that next job. So if you want to be sustainable, you have to pay a wage that is comparable to others. That's that's what the market does to um, uh, to minimum wages, if you will, or to wages. That That's just the natural tug and pull of the economy. So it's driven by what the employee brings to the table. Yeah, of course. Yeah, it, you know, the, the more skills you have, the, the better you are prepared to do the job that the employer needs, um, the more you're going to make. Now, there's 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 a cap to that. You know, the, the not uh, uh, there's this there's this idea that business has all the money. Well, they don't have all the money. They have to. They there's a bottom line to them as well for them as well. Uh, so there's there is a ceiling to that. Um, I, I want to take a, a moment uh, because you've sort of asked me the you you left it open for me to respond and I, you know we we get from time to time not often the chamber gets asked about what what's your position on the minimum wage and uh and our position at the Greater Susquehanna Valley Chamber is pretty well connected to the Pennsylvania Chamber's um, position on minimum wage, and that is that, number one, uh, that there should be a unified minimum wage. It it is not helpful for different counties, different municipalities, different cities to have different minimum wages because, as Jeff was pointing out, a lot of folks uh, are are working from home or working virtually, et cetera. So the employer doesn't know, I, I don't know if you're sitting in Philadelphia 
Philadelphia or you're sitting in Lewisburg. I, I don't know where you are. Um, what minimum wage am I paying? So, number one, it should be uniform. Uh, we believe it should be set at the federal level. Uh, I think that, that creates a nice... Um, uh, that, that, that makes it a smooth for the exact same reason that we don't think there should be different minimum wages at the uh, at, uh, at at the municipal level than from the state is we'd like to see a national minimum wage and it ought to be uh, it ought to be meaningful in some way I, the, the minimum wage today is not truly anything meaningful it it appears to me it's a starting wage uh, certainly in the greater Susquehanna Valley it's mainly a starting wage it's also a training wage it's not a long-term uh, livable wage. That's not what it's meant to be. And what I would encourage anyone who, you know, if you've been getting paid minimum wage for a while, skill up. There's a lot of ways to get more skills and skill up and see if you can get a, a better position uh, that pays better because that's that's a tough row to hoe uh, if you're making minimal wage. I'm going to stop there and let Jeff and Amy uh, jump in in case I've said anything that they they uh, that they don't agree with or they or they do agree with and want to uh, add a, an exclamation to the end. Right, Jeff? Hey, I don't uh, disagree with the uh, the actual uh, wages being paid. You know, or they follow the laws of supply and demand just as labor does and everything else does in, in business. So, you know, the, the minimum wage itself w was never meant to be a life-sustaining wage, right? It was a training wage, and the majority of people who earn minimum wage, statistically you'll see, are teenagers and people trying, it's their first job, right? They, they have to get out, learn some skills, how you deal with people, how you punch a clock at the right time, et cetera, et cetera, and then move on. And unfortunately, we've we've had a lot of people who are are stuck in, in that minimum wage. But you know, there's a there's a great debate, and well, well beyond the time frame of, of this uh, show. But should there be a minimum wage or not? You know, and if so, at what level? And so, you know, it's it's uh, you know, it's it's a it's a great debate, and there's vi there's valid reasonings on each side of the aisle there. But it's something that uh, we all need to realize that minimum wage may say 725, but if you're an employer trying to hire somebody at 725. You most likely aren't going to have any employees. Yeah. Good luck. Amy, you want to jump in? I would say from the world of an independent contractor for a good portion of my career life, um, but my parents having owned and operate, operated a local business, which was some time ago, I'm in agreement with everything that's being discussed. It is difficult, uh, minimum wage, not a life-sustaining wage, but the uh, number of opportunities that exist for a skill up. It is not easy, uh, but it, it is possible. So um, to be able to obtain those skills and reach out to all of the places that are available in our area, and there's so many, um, I, I'm not in disagreement with anything that was Okay. Bob, we've got about five minutes left before we have to wrap this up. So you take it. I know you want to discuss agriculture and the comp, your plan. Yeah, real, real quickly, I, I don't think we'll get to the strategic plan today, okay. but I, because the farm show is going on, and by the way, I was there Friday night, and uh, I encourage all the listeners, if you can make a trip to Harrisburg this week to get down at a farm show, it's well worth it. It really is. Uh, the, the farm show building is gleaming. The uh, the exhibits are wonderful. And, and basically, this is the 108th uh, Pennsylvania 
Pennsylvania Farm Show building. And, uh, it, you know, each year there's a theme to the farm show. And this year it's connecting our communities. I read it myself, carved right there in the butter sculpture, uh, Joe. <laughs> so that, that settles it. Uh, that's uh, connecting our communities. I want to start with Amy. Uh, you know, connecting our communities is very close to the Chamber's motto, which is connecting commerce and communities. And uh, I was just wondering, Amy, if uh, your thoughts from uh, as Chamber Chair, um, what, what are your thoughts about it? How, how's, how's it working uh, here in the greater Susquehanna Valley? With uh, Do you think that uh, our farm communities and our more urban communities are working well and understanding that they, uh, they have this uh, symbiotic or, or uh, this supportive cooperative relationship? Amy? I would say in our area, that's one of the, the best qualities, um, and there are many, but um, I think we do work well together from the Agriculture Committee of the Chamber of Commerce uh, to staying in touch with our legislators, local, state, and national, which is the way, one way that I always say, you know, to stay connected to the government and the policies, but I do think that our communities um, mesh quite nicely and complement one another very well, support one another very well, um, because we're a rural area and we understand the, the importance and the priority that we have to put to that ag community. And I guess I, I want to uh, take advantage of a unique opportunity we have, Joe, with uh, Jeff Reber being here. Jeff, as a Union County Commissioner, you oversee one of the largest, uh, longest established, award-winning, and arguably one of the most successful ag preservation efforts in our state. Uh, can you bring us up to speed? Where are we uh, in Union County with ag preservation efforts, and what do you expect to see in the coming months and year? Sure. Hey, thanks, Bob. I appreciate the, the intro there because our ag preservation program is one of the best in the state, quite frankly. And it goes back to the, the 80s when, uh, and I have to give Commissioner Preston Boop a lot of credit for this, prior to him being a commissioner, he was really involved with this. In his 20 years of commissioner, he, he remains the, the main driver for this program. But obviously agriculture is a huge economic driver in the county, and we have a very dedicated board at the uh, <coughs> Ag Preservation Board. And most people don't realize this, but we have almost 11,000 acres of Union County farmland preserved, and that's a little over 5% of our total land mass. So on a percentage of total land mass, yeah, we're we're right up there in the in the actual uh, <coughs> statewide of uh, of amount preserved, and you know pre pre preserving the farmland, we're we're so dedicated to that because yeah, it absolutely preserves our quality of life. You know, the economic driver is there, and you know, farming is such has such a rich history in Union County that. You know, it, it deserves, if you want to maintain Union County's quality of life, you need the farms there. And f even from the uh, standpoint of visitors, you know, our people come to Union County and drive around the roads just to look at the farmland, right? They look at the cows, they look at the, the rolling pastures, they just think that's awesome. And, and I think that's awesome too, and I've lived here my whole life. <laughs> but, uh, and it's not just at the commissioners though where we believe this because we are undergoing our comprehensive plan uh, rewrite again and the responses we get back from the surveys are in, on uh, comprehensive plan state that ag land preservation is one of the top issues throughout the county hmm. that they want to see happen so you know we're we put we put uh, about three hundred thousand dollars a year into farmland preservation which gets matched at the state level and uh, we are going to continue doing that because we so strongly believe it. And so we have, you know, a little over 5% of our land mass preserved now, and uh, we're only going to keep doing it. Did you get a milkshake? 
Uh, well, you know what? Uh, <laughs> it's interesting. Uh, we, uh, we we worked at food court. Uh, you just said the, all this witty stuff, and you see where uh, my mind's yeah, yeah. going. Right? With, the, with the full intention <laughs> that our, our final target was going to be the milkshakes. Number one, the lines were really long at the I milkshake. Uh, but uh, but you know what? We actually finished up with the uh, with a maple sundae. Oh, did you? It was okay. a it was a vanilla ice cream with maple on it. And after that, uh, I, I think we will be going back this week because uh, if my wife doesn't get one of those caramel uh, macchiato, whatever they're called, uh, milkshakes, I'm in big trouble. Well, growing so, up, I yeah. lived um, about a block off McClay Street and then about two blocks or five blocks away from the farm show. So I spent my childhood up. They're getting milkshakes, baked potatoes, and hamburgers. Oh boy! So, <laughs> well, you know, couldn't it, go it, to the farm show without those three things. It's always fun, Joe, uh, to uh, to let folks know. You know, when you live in Harrisburg, you go to the farm show for supper. Oh yeah, yeah, that's uh, that's where you go. That's the best restaurant in town for uh, for one week of the year. Well, Joe, I guess we want to wrap up yes, uh, we the do. show, and I I want to just well, two this part of the show. This I, part well, of <laughs> yeah, the, the money matters one day <laughs> on the mark. You know, Joe will still be here, and uh, and I'll be happy to take your calls about how. Uh, how uh, with folks responding to things that we said about uh, our local economy, but uh, um, but folks, it really that our local economy really depends on each one of us, uh, sort of putting our shoulders uh, to the wheel and and moving it along, uh, whether you're in the workforce uh, still or not, or uh, and and we're going to be working uh, on on reasoned, uh, smart growth uh, in the valley. Uh, we're not uh, not calling for an explosion in growth, but we do need a few more people. Uh, in the greater Susquehanna Valley. Two events coming up uh, this month that I want to let everybody know about. Uh, later this week, on Thursday, January 11th, uh, our Senator, Linda Schlegel-Calver, will be uh, having an open house and ribbon cutting at her new headquarters located at 48 Orchard Drive. How would you explain that, Joe? It's basically right at uh, where the where the Veterans Memorial Bridge comes off onto 11 and 15. Well, it's, it's right in the Union National Bank building, right on the corner right. of Baldwin Boulevard and 11 and 15. Well, thank you. Uh, uh, so you know exactly where it is. You've seen it a thousand times. You probably just didn't realize that that's where Linda's going to be. But look for that Union National Bank or UNB um, uh, sign, and Linda's right in the same building right beside. That goes from 1 to 3. If you want to be there for the for the gala ribbon cutting, that will be closer to 1 o'clock. But 1 to 3 this Thursday. Then later this month, on Tuesday, January 30th, we're having a New Year meet and greet at the Chamber. Sort of uh, for chamber members, future chamber members, I'd uh, love to have you come by, meet our board of directors, meet as many folks as you can, uh, bring your business cards, do that, the, you know, the classic networking that chambers are so well known for. Uh, that's on January 30th, which is a Tuesday, from 2 to 4 in the afternoon. Think of it as sort of a happy hour, end of work, stop by, love to see you all. All right, thank you so much, Bob Garrett, Jeff Reber, Amy Buner. We appreciate you taking the time out this morning to be with us on Money Monday with the Greater Susquehanna Valley Chamber of Commerce. We're going to take a break right now, but we'll be back with open phones. Give us a call at 570-743-9565. Email us at onthemarkatwkok.com or text us at 70236, but put OTM at the start of your message. Want to work for a stable yet growing company? Got it. Want to work for a family-owned business with over 100 years experience in taking care of customers and employees? Got it. Want to work for a leader in selling more cars and satisfying more customers? Got it. Who has all that? 
SMC Sunbury Motor Company is looking for technicians across all their departments. Whether you're an entry-level technician, an experienced technician, or someone looking for a career change, Sunbury Motors would love to hear from you. They're looking for technicians for their quick lane, car and light truck service, heavy truck service, body shop, and frame and alignment division. You can apply online at sunburymotors.com, in person at our North 4th Street location, or call Todd at 570-286-7746. Your new career of working on Fords, Kias, Hyundais, Western Star trucks, plus anything that fits in the door, and some things that don't. Join Sunbury Motors. Your new career is waiting for you. Here's what a patient of Dr. Carl Jenkins has to say about his new dental implants. Getting the implants as opposed to just the regular dentures was the best move I ever made. Huge difference. They improved my quality of life, basically. Not just a cosmetic thing. I'm really, really happy with it. Before coming to Dr. Jenkins, his diet was boring, bland, and limited. Scrambled eggs, mashed potatoes, rice, things of that nature. But now that he has beautiful and functional implants from Dr. Jenkins. Since I've got them, uh, I can eat anything I want. I was just at a restaurant, had a huge, big, giant serving. I can even eat peanuts, I can eat cashews, everything like that. Huge difference, and it's just changed my life. It's the first time in my whole life where I enjoy going to the dentist. The doctor and his crew are the best people. I love them to death. Dr. Carl Jenkins in Watsontown. Visit us at smilesbyjenkins.com. Did you know you should be drinking as much water in the colder months as you do in the warmer months? Just ask the folks who know. Topahawken Mountain Spring Water. Our bodies are mostly made of water, and regardless of the time of year, they require good hydration. Men and women alike need 8 to 10 glasses daily. Plus, when you're hydrated, your appetite is much more controlled, which can help give your body the energy it needs to break down fat. You've never really tasted water until you taste Topahawken Mountain Spring Water, the water most beneficial to your health. Topahawken, nature's finest drink. You check your phone, thermostat, and weather often, but the most important check of all should be yourself. COVID is still out there, but boosters against the latest variants are available. Find out where and how to get up to date at checkyourselfcentralpa.com. Okay, welcome back on board on the mark. We have a caller on the line. 570-743-9565 is our hotline number. Email us at onthemark at wkok.com. Text us at 70236. Put OTM at the start of your message. We have a text, I'm sorry, an email that came in, and we have a phone caller on the line. Stan from Danville, you're on the mark. Good morning. Good morning. I heard the chamber talking about farmland preservation. Yep. Programs. Uh, you need to do more of it. How many prime acres of farmland are being taken for these solar farms what way more than there should be there should be zero taken farmland taken out of production panels on yeah I, and that's a problem I, i'm not aware of how many there are i know there have been some that have been done but i mean isn't there a limit already in place I know how many can't. they can put on. Well, that's generally my understanding, and you see it in the area when they start talking about them. They go to the local, usually the county commissioners or the townships to start, and people complain and say, you know, this shouldn't happen because of whatever reason. Now, they say there's noise and stuff involved in that. That I don't know. I guess the transformers and stuff to, you know, to convert the sun energy to the, you know, the, you put it out onto the grid, there's transformer stuff, and that makes noise. I don't know. I don't care about that. Okay? What I do care about is food. Okay? I'm one of those persons that likes to eat. I think everybody likes to eat, correct? I do. 
Exactly. So, you know, you take land out of food production for solar panels. What are you going to need the energy for if people die because they're starving because there's no food production? Well, more than that, I, I lament the loss of the family farm, that so many smaller farms have gone out of business and sold out to conglomerates. The family farm used to be the bedrock of our country. Apparently now it's become less so. Well, and that's because of economic reasons. I understand why some guys, I know that, I think there was one of my brother was telling me over in Mifflinburg, there was some farm that was production farm. And they were talking, I don't know if it happened, talking about putting, I don't know, 50, 75 acres of it into solar panels because the guy was retiring. He needed some income. Yeah. And I understand that. And I understand it's their land, and they can do with it as they please. But there's got to be an alternative somewhere. Oh, there is. We got mall parking lots, Walmarts, all around the country, big, large, open expanses of property that if they wanted to, they could put these solar panels above these malls and parking lots and produce a lot of electricity, supposedly. That's if the sun's shining, okay? The sun don't shine, you ain't producing squat. That I know for a fact. So that's what needs to be done. But for some reason, they want to go out and prime farmland and take that land and put solar panels on it. I don't quite understand the, the thinking behind it. Well, there used to be a requirement that if you wanted to take farmland out of production, you had to go to a group in Harrisburg. There is a... Mm -hmm. Trying to remember, I, I went there with Charlie Benner years ago when we were working on the bypass, and we had to get permission from somebody uh, to uh, have a farm area declared uh, usable for uh, the Central Susquehanna Valley Thruway project. So, well, that, you know, I, I don't think you can just take farmland out of production willy-nilly. I think you, there has to be some justification oh, oh, for it. But, but Joe, Joe, you were talking for eminent domain, for, for uh, public works, which... You know, sometimes you have a problem with that because it does destroy people's property, but they're they're compensated for. We're talking this is private, okay? So a person, if a person owns a farm, and if he doesn't have it in some sort of covenant with farmland preservation or whatever it is, I know there's some out there. I don't know the names of them. You know that, that you know they're in perpetuity. They keep the land in the farming. I understand that. There's there's organizations for that, and that's what they're geared toward. But this is private property. So the private oh, pro, property owner can do with it as he pleases, and I fully understand that. I just wish there needs to be a better way to do this. So, you know, if you're going to put solar panels up, which I understand they're going to, and I don't have a problem per for, for se for that, but there needs to be a place where you can put them where it's not going to cut down on food production. Well, aesthetically, I would rather look at farmland than a group of, um, you know, panels sitting in the middle of a field, so... Well, exactly, and, and you know, and you go to the mall. You go, to the, like I said, mall parking lots, mall roofs, whatever. You know, they, they could power the mall with them for a while. The, you know, the parking lot, all the excess you can dump into the grid, and you know, whatever. I, that's how the system's supposed to work. Okay. But that—that's my thinking on it. But that—that's not really why I called. Can you tell me why the Secretary of Defense went in the hospital and nobody knew about it? Not even the president. Nope, can't tell you that, but I think it's rotten. <laughs> <laughs> rotten? <laughs> what, what, my question is, who's trying to hide what? Well, and and, and we got to have answers for that because you know that's that's the second in line to the command of the military, correct? If they civilian command of the military, if they told Joe Biden, there's no guarantee he would remember it. 
<laughs> well, that I don't disagree with. But my understanding is nobody in the administration knew. There's a lot of people in the Pentagon. I think the second in command in the Pentagon, the deputy, didn't even know why she was, I think it's a woman, right, why she was, was yep. taking over. Yeah, I agree. Well, he said he he said he's going to do much better, but apparently he went in for a minor minor procedure that should have only taken overnight, and apparently it did. And then something developed later, and he had intense pain, and they had to readmit him, and that's when the problem was. Well, well, right, right, right there, Joe. I don't care why he went in. Okay, that's his personal business. That's all I'm going to say about that. But the president should have known that he went in, so he knew what the heck was going on. I agree. I mean, you don't hide That's that from the, the president. Problem. You know, yeah. why he went in is irrelevant. doesn't matter, okay? And, you know, I hope he gets better because I don't want anybody to get sick. That's just the way it is. But well, secrecy is what the problem is, and this administration seems to have problems with that. Right. The oh, most one open other administration, thing. Yeah, we'll let you wrap yeah, it up. Right, right. <laughs> one other thing, Joe. Why does the National Park Service want to remove the the statue of William Penn. Don't from get his me started home. on that. Don't get me started on that. <laughs> oh, the, please. We got to start. And it sounds like a whole bunch of bogus I crap. I think to the me. Biden administration has lost its mind. I mean, let's take down <laughs> William Penn's statue. The guy was a Quaker. Uh, you know, the only thing I could think no. of is, is the walking purchase where he did cheat Indians out of a fair amount uh, no, of land. No, no. So. <laughs> you know what it is, Joe? Well, it, it was probably something to do with that. But he also was a slave owner. Yeah, well, <laughs> doesn't yeah, really. You, fit, you know what I'm saying? Doesn't you know, fit the, with being the, a Quaker. The, the, the evil, the evilness of the slave owner. You know, so they're they're doing it all. But you know, you got Biden going near uh, Valley Forge to give a speech, not in Valley Forge like it was right. originally filled near Valley Forge, and he wants to invoke Washington. Right. Well, Washington owns slaves, too. Hey, listen, Stan, we got to move along. Thank you so much for your call. Appreciate it. Lance, hang on. We have to take our final break of the day. <clears throat> Excuse me. We'll be back with more of On the Mark in just a moment. There's something to be said about a sale with a handshake, a service technician who really knows what he's doing. They can explain it in English what the problem is. There's nothing better than having that friend you could trust in the area. That's Sunbury Motors, where you get selection, knowledgeable salespeople, and prices that fit your budget, and more important, that friend you can trust. Welcome to Sunbury Motors, Kia, Ford, and Hyundai. You could chop other dealers and compare prices, but at Sunbury Motors, you get their lowest price promise. They research the current used vehicle market and guarantee their used car prices are the lowest. If you find a lower price, Sunbury Motors will beat it. Three dealers, all in one. See their full new and pre-owned inventory at sunburymotors.com. Pick out a vehicle you like and schedule your test drive online. Follow them on Facebook. Sunbury Motors Ford and Hyundai, North 4th Street, Sunbury, and Sunbury Motors Kia, routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. Hi, this is Season. For over 100 years, the Purdy Insurance Agency has been protecting families and businesses of the greater Susquehanna Valley and beyond. With the experience of our trained and knowledgeable staff, you can rest assured that your needs will be evaluated and met by some of the industry's best representatives. No matter what your insurance needs are, call Purdy Insurance today at 570-286-5855, visit our website at purdyinsurance.com, or check us out on Facebook to see what we can do for you. 
Did you know you should be drinking as much water in the colder months as you do in the warmer months? Just ask the folks who know. Tulpahawken Mountain Spring Water. Our bodies are mostly made of water, and regardless of the time of year, they require good hydration. Men and women alike need 8 to 10 glasses daily. Plus, when you're hydrated, your appetite is much more controlled, which can help give your body the energy it needs to break down fat. You've never really tasted water until you taste Tulpahawken Mountain Spring Water, the water most beneficial to your health. Tulpahawken, nature's finest drink. For the ones who get it done, the most important part is the one you need now. And the best partner is the one who can deliver. That's why millions of maintenance and repair pros trust Granger, Because we have professional-grade supplies for every industry, even hard-to-find products. And we have same-day pickup and next-day delivery on most orders. But most importantly, we have an unwavering commitment to help keep you up and running. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. You check your phone, thermostat, and weather often, but the most important check of all should be yourself. COVID is still out there, but boosters against the latest variants are available. Find out where and how to get up to date at checkyourselfcentralpa.com. Welcome back to On the Mark. I'm Joe McGranahan. On the Mark brought to you by the Sunbury Motor Company, selling more cars, satisfying more customers since 1915. We have two callers on the line, and we've got about seven minutes of the program left and an email or two, but we're going to get to the calls first. Lance, you're on the mark. Good morning, sir, from Herndon. Hey there, fella. I sounding real well. <laughs> Why, anyway, be as quick as I can. And that is uh, not only uh, farmland being taken for uh, solar, but our woodlands it was a really good article in the Journal here oh, a couple of weeks ago, just about how many acres are just being destroyed. Well, I thought trees were what cleanse the air, and here they're uh, really destroying quite a lot of it. But that was there, and uh, kind of an add-on there. They were talking about they were being able to sell electric at seven cents a kilowatt hour. And now it's costing eleven to produce it. So, eleven you know, to produce it. What from solar panels? Is that what the cost is for solar panels? Yeah, that and also for wind, the same way. They huh. were figuring being able to sell from each, you know, at about seven cents. Now it's costing about eleven to produce it. So I forget what the. Uh, I think the uh, price to compare the PPL puts out is less than that. Maybe I'm wrong. I have to, I'll have to go back and look at my last power bill. But no, they put a price like to compare that. with, which is what they charge. So you can base uh, what you're paying based on what they charge. Um, no, what they were talking about was how much that was actually costing, you know, just to produce it. But when I look at your electric bill and see how much you're paying per kilowatt hour in the end, not just the... Um, production costs, but then of course they add on the uh, maintenance, you know, to all the equipment it right. takes to bring it to them, right? And all that. Mine comes up to about eighteen cents with uh, all wind. You but, specifically uh, request subsidizing. You specifically request all wind production. I know you can buy these different plans that have the source of the electricity as one of the one of the components of the plan. Is that what you do? You buy wind. Yeah. Okay. Why? Yeah, it came up. That's not what? the cheapest choice you could make. Why do you buy wind? It's not the cheapest choice you can make. Well, I am committed to saving the planet. 
Oh, okay. Come on. Oh, all right, all right. Well, I'm glad you're doing your bit. You know. I guess I'm I'm a pretty lousy steward of the planet. I want the best price, so. (laughs) (laughs) You uncaring conservative. I guess that's exactly what I am, buddy. (laughs) Give me the power. You know, one of our one of our uh, one of our uh, Jeff Reber said he likes to eat. I like to eat too. I know. I'm sorry with Stan. Our caller said he likes to eat. I like to eat. I like electricity. I like all my creature comforts. Yeah, yeah. I'm addicted to it myself. But uh, I'd like to be as easy on the planet as what we uh, can do. Okay, we'll let you wrap it up. I have another call or two. I'm going to give each of you some time on the program this morning. So finish up, sir. Oh, yeah. Oh, you bet. Just that uh, people are not willing to pay for what they say they want. So. Hey. Fair enough. I think that's not not un, an unusual thing. Okay, uh, Joseph from Milton, you got the final few minutes on the program. Okay, thank you, Joe. Yeah, I want to comment on the <clears throat> William Penn situation there. He was a Quaker, right? Right, he was. And Quakers are pretty modest people, a little like Mennonites, the old Quakers. You know what I mean? And their attire and how they live their life, you know, modestly. But if you was ever in the capital down at uh, Harrisburg, and as you go up the steps, you go into Capitol. If you go to the left, there's a, a, a staircase that leads like under the Capitol, and there's a museum there. And as you walk in, you'll see this life-size uh, uh, bust of a woman, uh, nude, with a very thin, uh, like a negligee that you can see through. And they say that was that's William Penn's daughter, and that was a. a a replica of what's on top of the Capitol, this lady that's on top of the Capitol, okay? Maybe they found out that he was in some kind of nefarious new cult or something. I don't know, no. But uh, I want to come in on that. And look on the Capitol building of the United States. There's a, 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 an image up there, and it's, I forget the God's name. And at the very heart of the Capitol, you have the image of Amun-Ra, the obelisk, the George Washington Monument. And all these things are depicting the pagan form of government that we have. They named their defensive missiles after Poseidon and different gods, and, and it's just, uh, it's, it's outwardly showing you what it is. It's, it's, it's demonic, you know? And they're being led by spirits that are not... What's that, the what's, that to, what's that got it's, to do with uh, William Penn's statue being? Well, I just bring that in as a curious thing because they say that's William Penn's daughter. Well, I don't think William Penn's daughter would have dressed like that. You know what I'm saying? You can see right through the negligee and see her breast and what else, you know? Well, the statue on top of the Capitol is called the Statue of Freedom. Yeah, but it's not. Yeah, but it's a, it's a, it depicts a, a pagan deity. I forget which for deity it is. <coughs> Actually, the statue on top of the Capitol of Harrisburg, they say, is William Penn's daughter. And they have a replica of that in the museum beneath the Capitol. And well, I know uh, if it's you, quite lewd. If you, know? you walk into the Pennsylvania State Museum, one of the first things you see is a very large statue of William Penn. The museum. Well, I didn't see that, but I've seen the other one. And uh, well, there's a lot of stuff there to see, you know what I'm saying. Yeah, there is. Okay, Joseph, thank you for calling. Yep. appreciate your comments as always. Hey, join us again tomorrow. It's going to be an open phones day. Got some interesting stuff to take up, take on. And we have a letter from Butterbread7 that we, I'm sorry, EB, that we didn't get to this morning. We'll get to it tomorrow on On the Mark. This is WKOK, Sunbury, Pennsylvania.